Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, and it's designed to get us into God's Word for about 12 or 13 minutes each day, and in that way, help us to stay strong in our faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But it also helps us to have a more spiritual mindset, a more positive and spiritual mindset to be able to deal with whatever the day throws at us. And boy, the day throws a lot at us. Seems like especially during this time, but really all times. The devil is very skillful in confronting us with all kinds of challenges and situations that really can tempt us or weigh heavily upon our faith, our emotions. But being in God's word helps us to deal with that effectively. The book of James tells us in James chapter 4 and verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do we do that? The, ver- the next verse, draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Well, part of how we draw near to God is by being in his word. And being in his word ought to motivate us to be praying to him. But we also want to encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can. You know people in your life, probably within your own family, who need to change their outlook on life, who need to be thinking about their souls, about their relationship with God. So start to help them along that line by sharing these short studies. You can do that through Facebook friends, emails, emails, text messages, maybe some other technological means. But share with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally anybody you can. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make up your mind, make that commitment, and start sharing today. We're asking a very profound question, and one that ought to be in the minds of everybody alive in every generation. What should I look for in a church? Some people think they don't need a church. They think they can walk with God in faithful obedience, in good relationship, be saved, and never belong to any church. Wrong. And that's not me being arrogant in saying that. It's just plain wrong based upon what the scriptures teach. Now, we're asking that question, what should I look for in a church? What characteristics should I look for in determining what a church, uh, what church I should belong to? Well, it should not be primarily where I grew up, where mom and daddy are members. It should not be a church where I have a lot of friends or even business associates. It should not be based upon whether it's close to my home within easy, easy driving distance. It should not be based fundamentally upon whether there are a lot of people there in my age group or whether it has a pretty building and modern facilities and it has a physical attractive that's a physical appearance that's attractive it shouldn't be based upon whether it's a great big church or a little small church <clears throat> in and of themselves on their own none of those are reliable reasons for choosing a church none of those how do I choose then? Well, the scriptures give us the guide. The scriptures are God's guidebook given to us from heaven itself. It's our manual for life, and that would include necessarily being a part of the church that, G- that God sent his son to establish on this earth. 
So 2 Timothy 3, verses 15 through 17, the scriptures alone are the authoritative guide as to what to look for in a church. We looked at the first couple of fundamental, basic, bottom line points of identity. What should I look for in a church? It must be a church that was founded by Jesus himself. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And he wasn't talking about denominationalism. That's a concept and a principle that divides people who claim to be following God into various groups. Jesus said, I will build my church, singular. And he is the head of that church. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Colossians 1 and verse 18. In fact, he's the only head. The only head. And Ephesians 4 and verse 4 reemphasizes that there is only one church that Jesus came to this earth to establish. His church. He has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Matthew 28 and verse 18. A second fundamental point of, of identity is that it must be a church that recognizes and stays true to the Bible as God's very word. Now, as we noted, 2 Timothy 3, verses 15 through 17, the scriptures alone are the authoritative guide as to what to look for in a church. If you're finding a church that does not uphold and stand upon the Bible, as the very word of God that does not teach that aggressively and consistently, don't try to be a part of that church because that's not standing true to the identity and the work that God has laid out for that church to carry forth. When we look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, Paul says, but if I am delayed, I write to you that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The pillar and ground of the truth. The church, the true church is supposed to stand upon the pillar and ground of the truth. That's supposed to be its foundation for what it is to believe and teach and practice. And it is also to uphold the truth to teach the truth of God's word consistently, aggressively, and always on an ongoing basis. A church that teaches God's word will stay true to God. Now, a third fundamental bottom line point of identity as to what church I should belong to, it must be a church that teaches the biblical method of membership in it. You know, you have a lot of churches out there they will vote people in. They will vote people out. Show me where that is a practice that is laid out in Scripture. You won't find it. Voting in, voting out on the basis of human opinion or acceptance? Uh uh not there. Not in Scripture. But rather in Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, we read this, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. How do I get into the church? The right church? The true church? The church that my Lord established upon the face of this earth? 
He and he alone adds me to his church. On what basis? When I come to salvation in him. That's when he adds me to his church. How do I come to salvation? Now again, that's Acts 2 and verse 47. The Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. You see, you don't join a church, not the Lord's church. He adds you to his church when you come to salvation in him. How do I come to salvation in him? He told the apostles as he was ready to ascend back to heaven, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. To he, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. The apostle Paul wrote, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. So preach the gospel everywhere to everybody. Jesus told the apostles, Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, he who believes that message of salvation and obeys it in being baptized will be saved. That's how I come to salvation. Well, why? Because it is at baptism that my sins are forgiven through the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. When the Lord himself sent a man named Ananias, a Christian, to teach Saul of Tarsus, Ananias came to Saul and said, Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. On Pentecost, when many of the Jews gathered there, as Peter was preaching the gospel, the message of salvation through Jesus Christ, many of them said, What shall we do? And Peter responded, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You see, that's when my sins are forgiven. Through the blood that Jesus shed on the cross, we contact that cleansing power of his blood in baptism. So no wonder Jesus told the apostles to teach people the gospel and he who believes and is baptized shall be saved, because he who is baptized will be forgiven of his sins. And it is at baptism that we come into Christ. Galatians 3 and verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You know, there is no other way taught in Scripture to come into Christ I know there are a lot of people out there say, let Christ into your heart. Ask Jesus into your life. You better go back to the guidebook again, the manual that God gave us from heaven. Those who are baptized into Christ put on Christ. Now, if they put on Christ, they are in him and he is in them. Through baptism. And it is in Christ where salvation is found, Romans 8 and verse 1. So a church that teaches the biblical method of membership. You don't join the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You don't ask to get voted into it. When you come to him, his way, are baptized in response to the gospel message of salvation 
owning him as your Lord and Savior and God's Son, as you're baptized, the blood that he sheds on the, shed on the cross cleanses you of the guilt of your sins, and you become a new creation in him, saved through him. Let's pray together. Father, people all over the world need to learn the message of salvation that you sent your Son into this world to bring to mankind. Jesus himself said that most are going down the wrong road. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Please guide people to open their eyes and see the truth and come to you through Jesus, your way for forgiveness and salvation so they can be a part of your church, the church you sent your son to establish on this earth. Please, Father, be patient with us, but guide us in your will and forgive us of our sins, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.